Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. Like the way we start is, it sounds like you've just sort of walked into the middle of a conversation. Yeah, sure. We're not even going to introduce you is what we're saying. That's just fine. Yeah. Well, we can introduce Cable, I think. I think that... No, no. I think we should just say it like as if we were just talking to him and he just happened to also be here this yeah. time. Okay. I'm fine with That's that. That's what I'm saying. That's so fine. just like, right. oh, Cable, what do you think? And all of a sudden, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we, yep. we, we probably should give him a little bit of an introduction, though, just so everyone's not just confused. Yeah. After, no, we, I don't... after we talk for a while, you can jump in and explain who the hell I am. Yeah. We'll figure, it. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, like, hey, where did you come from anyway? Okay. So, so what <laughs> I'm trying to figure out is, why did you guys even go to Tokyo anyway? Okay, there was a, a very uh, thin shim of work-related reasons, and that is that Tokyo Game Show was in Tokyo, and I've always wanted to go and um, sort of check that stuff out. So that was kind of the motivating factor was Tokyo Game Show. But of course, if you're going to go to Tokyo, you're going to go to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Yep. A- and knowing that Alex had never gone and, you know, I'd had these opportunities to go and I, I, you know, you can't help but imagine what would Alex think of this place, <laughs> which is something I think of a lot. And Alex, what did you think of that place? I mean, where do we start? Tokyo Disney Sea? Yeah. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> Giant. It so... Just a pile of garbage. It was basically, basically. Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> Except without the berries. Yeah. <laughs> without the fried chicken. Yeah. So we got in really late. Our flight was super delayed. Um, we were nervous about the trains not running. And actually, I just was reading a book. Trains don't run after midnight. I assume that trains in Japan Whoa. run 24 hours a day, right? But nope, not after midnight. Yeah. And that's very strange. Like, like what happens with the thousands of people that presumably come into that airport after 11 p.m.? That's a really good because question. Because I imagine there's more. You know, what do they do? I, I guess that's why all those capsule hotels are there. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You just crash, and then you leave in the morning. Uber. There's no Uber in Japan. Uh, sorry, uh, Lyft. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Hard uh, to go? The, the, we got in late. Nobi, was, who's our friend and works for Panic, was super awesome and somehow managed to catch a flight from his hometown during our flight and met us at the airport, and his incredible dad drove us to Tokyo Disneyland Hotel, and we basically got in, checked in, uh, realized there was no Wi-Fi, <laughs> plugged in my Ethernet adapter, and went to bed. <laughs> yes. This is like 3 a.m. or something, Tokyo time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, no idea. I, that, that was my thing. <laughs> Alex kept wanting to check his clock and see what the time was back home, and I forbid him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like slapping the phone out of his there were a lot. There were lots of rules. There were lots of rules. There were lots of things was I wasn't this, allowed to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, regarding to Disney Park trip things, usually that's like a no rules thing. But d- Cable, you enforce rules? J- the only, uh, a, I didn't want Alex to do too much research. I knew he would. I knew he would. But And I knew he would watch and read everything before he left. But I was just trying to limit that a little bit so that there could be some element of surprise. No, and, I, I, I was actually on my best behavior for that's that. That's good, Alex. I, I, did, I did limit myself as much as I possibly could. Nice work. So I'm very proud of you. There were many surprises, which is good, which is good. Okay, so you stayed at the Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo, yeah, Tokyo Disneyland Hotel. Correct. Yep. How which was that? Surprisingly, is new, um, like relatively new. Five years old or four years old? Uh, you would have thought maybe that was the first hotel that they built, mm-hmm. but it wasn't at all. Uh, what did you think, Alex? I liked it a lot. It's it's kind of a hybrid of all of the Disneyland hotels except for Anaheim sort of smashed into one. It's a little bit of Grand Floridian. It's a little mm. bit of the 
uh, the Paris Disneyland Hotel, and it's kind of got its own thing as well. It's it's very grandiose. It's very nice, mm. elegant, <laughs> Victorian, very Victorian, but but weird, but like Victorian with like strange elements sort of picked off of other styles that were sort of here and there. It really felt like the Grand Flow, kind of the Japanese version. Really elaborate, huge atrium that was kind of stunning um, when you enter. The hotels are really interesting because I feel like they're really novel for Japanese guests, but not necessarily for Western guests because they're very Western hotels, right? Um, But it was super beautiful. Our room had a basically view of the park, which at night was incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, my favorite thing about the whole Which thing, park? Sorry. Uh, D- Disneyland, both of them. We could see a cr- yeah, uh, could right see. across the street was, Dis- was Disneyland, and then beyond that was Disney Sea. And th- my favorite thing in the entire hotel is a very strange thing. But there's this dollhouse mm-hmm. in the lobby mm-hmm. that is like the most insanely detailed, amazing dollhouse <laughs> I had ever seen. It's it's like from one side it's just this gorgeous dollhouse, and the other side is basically a diorama where they filled in with Disney characters and Disney Disney scenes throughout this amazingly detailed dollhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting and weird thing to have in a lobby, but yeah, just sitting there, just sitting there off to the corner, which was really yep. weird. And in, in America, of course, that dollhouse, all the figures would be gone. It'd probably have graffiti over the, on the side of it. It, <laughs> it wouldn't. It would not even be there basically because someone would wreck it. But in in Tokyo, everybody is so amazingly respectful of yeah. all the things that are there for them. Yeah, that was interesting. But they don't ruin them. <laughs> it was interesting, and I mentioned this to Greg a little bit in person, but it was interesting to see the things that were within reach that weren't... I mean, there's things within reach at Disneyland, and it's always interesting, and you know, everything's always glued down or screwed into the wall or whatever. But it's often worn off, or pieces will be missing. Like, anything that can be pride-free sometimes will be pride free and that was there there were lots of decorations that were like right within grasp and and were still there which is just an interesting cultural thing i guess is it yep. that it's still there or that they were quickly replaced no that's a good call i would say still there <laughs> but maybe also yeah. quickly replaced yeah <laughs> and and uh less barriers than mm-hmm. i'm used to as well mm-hmm. like the show elements and the cues are very close to you and there's not a fence between you and them <laughs> also a lot of things that people could climb on that nobody was climbing on and that was interesting mm-hmm. to me as well what were you gonna say louis oh i was just trying to figure out because there are fences around the grass areas at disneyland like you can't go sit mm. under a tree if you want right i mean do you recall if that's the case there as well i think so yeah, I think uh, so. On, uh, uh, next to the incredibly well manicured grass, yes. Yeah. 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 It looked like basically putting green grass. But wait, you, you could sit on that? Or there was, it was that was blocked off or not blocked off? That was blocked I, off. I think that was blocked okay. off. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the same. Um, hey, before we leave the hotel discussion, let's not forget about the breakfast that we got every morning, <laughs> which was a very awesome uh buffet but an incredible collision of um pastries and um braised beef with bok choy and i had a <laughs> mickey shaped fish cake which was really exciting to what me. <laughs> yeah it was literally like in the middle of this dish i was i was used to mickey waffles i've seen those before but i've never right. seen a mickey fish cake well before. are they more mickey shaped foods there than 
America? I mean, I showed you the picture yeah. of the Mickey-shaped churro, right? Churro, right. How yeah. on earth would that not exist in Anaheim? Well, right. Well, I want to say that they even use it as a an April Fool's joke, like, this year, that they just had a bunch of Mickey-themed, like, <laughs> like, treats, and then everyone was like, well, why aren't those actually real? <laughs> those point. are great. Yeah, people... Well, yeah. After the Duffy thing, no important. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the dictate now. That's, and that's, that's the other thing that we noticed is that Duffy is totally out and really? replacing Duffy is Alex Oswald Gelatoni. Gelatoni. What? Which is Duffy's, Duffy's artist friend. Uh, no, his, his cat. His pet his, cat. Is it? Well, I don't know. Is it? Oh, that's cat? it's his friend. Are they friends or are, is it a he's pet? A, he's a is friend there, of Duffy. Oh, I oh just my assumed he, Duffy owned Gelatoni. No, 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 no. Well, they're both. Well, now. they're both animals, right? I mean, well, they're, they're sorry. They're, they're both stuffed animals. Sure. There's supposed to be like well the Duffy story is like a weird thing where Minnie made Tell this. us tell us the Duffy story. <laughs> well, from what I know, from Lots what I've heard <laughs> Mickey was going off to, like on a overseas adventure thing mm-hmm. and Minnie made Duffy as a companion. Mm. Weird move. For him? That's all I think I know. Mm-hmm. But then where does Gelatoni fit in? Because you mean <laughs> Gelatoni. <laughs> Sorry. Gelatoni. Where does where does Gelatoni fit in? Because it's a friend of Duffy. Yeah. Duffy's but, best pal. But it's also but it's still a stuffed st- animals don't have friends. Well, I'm just saying it's still <laughs> a stuffed animal. So is it is it yeah. was it still created by Minnie or did it just happen or find well, what's the story here? Well, here's the thing is Gelatoni has a job. Uh, Jelly Tony is an artist and is a working artist. Apparently. All right, now, well, yeah, you say you say a job, but I mean, no, it's a job. We, do we, not have jobs? We, we, he, he, he came across murals? a corner, yeah, where he was like actively painting, right? And they yes. had like a little tiny bench, it's the tiniest bench in the world, set up on a railing <laughs> where you could place your Jelly Tony or your Duffy and take a picture of him next to his what? painting. It was pretty that, amazing. Does, wait, do people care about this more than they did about Duffy? What would they, you say? They Alex? sure seem to. Yeah, I would say more. Uh, well, equal to or more than, but it definitely seemed like at least in the stores, Duffy was gone, and Gelatoni had just like mo- rode him out of town and like <laughs> taken so over. Bears are out, cats are in. Gelatoni. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> true. How does Gelatoni. how does how do the mice feel about this? You know, that's a great question. I guess is Duffy's primarily Disney Sea, right? Yeah. And so there's some there's some pretty good distance between Duffy and Toontown, you know. Right. And I think that works. So what what won't fly in Japan? Like, what could you try to sell them that they would not buy? <laughs> That's an incredible yeah. question. Well, one guess I would have is attraction-specific merchandise. That is, blew our mind. nowhere to be found. Yeah. Really? Sh- oh, yeah. They don't care about the attractions. All the shops basically had the exact same set of stuff. And I think Alex and I also came to the conclusion that, like, the stuff that they sell is park-specific. Um, it's not stuff that you can get in like Disney Store Japan or whatever, but it's uh, broad and none of it is – for example, the Tower of Terror at um, California Adventure. You step into the gift shop there and there's actually a degree of Tower of Terror-related merchandise. There may also be Nightmare Before Christmas stuff or whatever else, but um, there right. is Tower of Terror stuff. Nothing like that at the Tower of Terror gift shop. Uh, didn't see that in any of the shops. It was all very broad Disney Sea merchandise or, or Disneyland merchandise, and then of course huge sections for the stuff that you take home, the cookies or whatever that you take home for your family. But yeah. why? Why no attraction merchandise? It's heartbreaking. And it was also amazing that they they devote a huge amount of store real estate to Gelatoni. Like mm. you'll walk into a store and literally half of it mm-hmm. is all gelatoni. <laughs> and it's like and it's and they'll have hundreds 
of the exact same stuffed toy lining the walls. I tried to run the numbers. What did we conclude? Because I, I counted one of the displays, and it was like seven deep times uh, eight pegs times 12 rows times something. I mean, it was like like tens of thousands of gelatonies. Yeah. Wait, is it a female or a male? Nobody knows. It's gelatoni. Who's to say? It's gelatoni. Gelatoni. <laughs> I just want to know if there's going to be a female companion that follows, just like with, <laughs> just like with Duffy. This turns into Disney Three's company. Well, was it, what was, well which one was, was Disney uh, Mr. Furley? <laughs> what was Duffy's friend? The girl one. What was her name? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Kenichi would know. It was May something, was it? Shelly, Shelly May. Shelly May. Yeah. That's right. Shelly like May. Are you serious? No, Shelly May is a is the like slightly pink version yeah. of Duffy that yeah. is a bow. I like that Duff, Duffy and Shelly May are like Southerners, and then like Gelatoni is like the yeah. immigrant neighbor who moves yeah, like, in. What like, the who's, hell? Who's next? I'm here to fix your pipes. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Alex, this was your first time. It was. Uh, it was the, my first time to Japan. Yeah, to Japan, period. So you're walking into Tokyo. Well, we're doing Disney. Did we start first? Disneyland? We started with Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. So you're walking into Disneyland. Yep. And what were you thinking while you're walking in? What are you, what are you seeing and what are you thinking relative to what you're used well, to? Well, the strangest thing about that is Main Street mostly is about the same, except mm. they cover it. Um, and the thing with the covering is it. it I, can, I can understand why they do it. Uh, however, it kind of breaks the forced perspective illusion severely. Yes. And it makes everything feel sort of closed in and kind of strange. I, I was and claustrophobic we were, even. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the, the stores are amazingly well done. Uh, they look as good or better than any of the stores on Main Street anywhere. Um, but the, like, the, the ceiling just makes it feel so odd. And we were talking about that, like trying to figure out why they do that. And we can't really figure out exactly why. Because it rains just as much in Florida, mm-hmm. and it snows just as much in Paris. So the only thing that I, that I could think of was that maybe the clientele there are just a little bit more sensitive <laughs> yeah. about the weather yeah. than other places. I, I bet that was one it of those. It could be. I think it might just be a gimmick, to be honest. Mm. I think maybe somebody drew it up, and they were like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Yeah. But I, I agree with you in that I found it really kind of depressing, actually, to have an indoor main mm-hmm. street. Yeah. Uh, it felt a little more mall like and a, l- a little bit less uh, festive than what you find at the U.S. I mean, it is I, the light does come through though, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. still oh, it's dark just, though. No, no, I hear you. Yeah, it's, the I, one thing I did like is that is that it branches in a nice way to control mm-hmm. crowds. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in about fifty yards in, it branches to the left and to the right mm-hmm. and goes straight. So you can go into Adventureland or into Tomorrowland or right into the hub. And get there. Quickly. The world's largest hub, yeah, right? Kind, I mean, it is huge, kind of, right? They kind of have two hubs. <laughs> they have a hub that's in Main Street, which oh, is yeah. called World Bazaar, and uh, and then the hub at the hub. <laughs> so we, well, that's the largest hub until Shanghai. It's big. Right? Yes, it was it's, huge. And we had because we stayed in the hotel, we had the we had fifteen minutes of early entry. The happy fifteen. It sounds like nothing, but it was critical. Would you agree, Alex? Like that? I, I do. It saved our bacon. We we the the park opens fifteen minutes early, and one attraction opens fifteen minutes early. And in our case, we headed to the right over to Tomorrowland because um, to us, what's completely new is the Monsters Inc. Hide and Seek attraction yep. yep so that was the first thing that we did when when we got to the park and it was great because we could just walk on and i have a feeling that right did it have fast pass it might have had fast pass it does have fast pass, fast yeah. pass fills up fast yeah there. one of the things that i found incredibly interesting is that people line up there really early 
Like we got because we we basically would wake up at like four in the morning every day, no matter what. Uh, because of the time change mm-hmm. and so we we would s- sort of like camp out at the window just watching and like people were out there at like six mm-hmm. you know as soon as the train started running they were out there you know sort of queuing up pre-queuing and in in, in by the way the most orderly queues i've ever seen in my life <laughs> for sure like, well yeah people were actually in front of the gates right queuing up in rows of the gates, even though it was a totally open, freeform area. And I'd never seen that in my life. Yeah. Like, normally just everybody sort of smashes in, and then when the gates open, you sort of sort it out. But definitely, definitely orderly. Yep. And this was a weekday or a weekend? Week day, which yep. which, which okay. also brought up a lot of questions. A is lot. Like, <laughs> where are there are no schools, no jobs? Like, because it was packed. It was as <laughs> packed as I've ever seen a Disney park. Period. That, I, I would agree with that. And and actually, before I forget a tangential thing to the lining up thing, is one thing that might surprise people who are used to domestic parks is that the shows there are insanely popular. And I have a feeling that the lining up thing got completely out of hand, that people were queuing up before the park opened to then queue up for the shows to then queue up. And I think it just got nuts. And so actually what they do there for, for shows is a full-on lottery system where you they have a corner of Tomorrowland that we went in and we swipe our tickets and it says drawing lots for a couple of seconds on a screen and then you either get a seat for the show or you don't get a seat for the show. It is literally completely random, which totally blew my mind. I, at this point, I could not be more different than the typical Japanese guest, I think, <laughs> yeah. in terms of liking shows, yeah. no attraction merchandise, yeah. liking Duffy totally. and other garbage. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> I'm just so... I'm so not that. And we haven't even talked about the Black and Gilza dog yet. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, because on on the show we've talked a lot about how we feel that the shows disrupt the flow of the parks, mm. and in at in Tokyo that disruption happens the moment they walk through the gate. Mm. It doesn't happen an hour before the parade. It happens immediately. So you'll be. Uh, one thing that to, to note is all of the roads there are a lot wider than any of the roads in any of the other Disney parks because of the parades and because of how they behave with the parades. So Even as soon Magic as they Kingdom? walk in, yes. So okay. as soon as they walk in, they basically go to the parade route and they put down these mats and they sit on them mm-hmm. and they wait all day mm-hmm. until the parade starts. So all those, all that disruption just happens immediately. And, and I feel like there's a split. I feel there's like, like, like there's probably the parade people and the attractions people because there were definitely plenty of people. Oh yeah, had to do the attractions, but an incredibly significant amount of people also there for the parades. And and Louis, we were talking about this today with the the number of. Uh, parade CDs and soundtracks that are released yeah. in Japan. It's like one a week, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. They have one for every holiday, and then one for every in between every holiday. It's a really big deal. And the 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 park guide even I think tried to set a guideline. It's like you can't put down your sitting mat or whatever uh, any earlier than an hour before the performance. But I don't know if anybody was paying attention to that. No, I, I saw them queuing immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel, I swear to God. There were like micro cues for other shows. Like everybody knows how it all works, but it, it seems like, I mean, they've sorted it out. It didn't feel disruptive to me at all, but it definitely seemed like this is a serious business. Um, Alex and I managed to get the it successfully drawn in the lottery for the big castle show. What was that thing called? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Hot one, summer, once upon a, once time, upon a dream once upon a, land. One, 
Yeah. Yeah, one of those. Something. Summer mix. Once upon a one man's dream. (laughs) Steve Davison's dream spectacular. Right. Projection Town USA. Yeah. Not USA. Presented by Honda. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And we'll get to that later, I guess. But um, yeah, that part is all super fascinating. And then, uh, I mean, should we just kind of walk through the stuff that we did? I mean, what did you think of Monsters, Inc.? Uh, I loved it. Me Um, too. It's actually weirdly a lot like the Men in Black ride at mm. Universal. It that's the mo- that's the closest uh, the closest comparison I can make to any other ride. And this is in Correct. Tomorrowland, which Correct. is a little weird. But and it's it has it has that sort of you know find the find the thing and shine the light on the the target mm-hmm. game, but it's not a game. You you only make things do stuff. Two things I thought were cool about that. One, there like you said, it's not a game. There's no scoring, and that actually felt cool. It's a lot more fun. I was just exploring, and then the other thing is that the flashlights have little gobos kind of on the end of them, which basically projects uh, a shadow image. So, and everybody's flashlight was a little bit different. I don't remember what mine was, but it was a really cool way to distinguish your flashlight from everybody mm-hmm. else's flashlights. It's I, a lot easier to see than that tiny little red. Bar oh God, don't get me started. <laughs> The Buzz Lightyear dot. It's the worst so idea hard ever. To see. I spent the first 30 seconds of Buzz Lightyear just calibrating, like just shooting yeah. off into a corner. Oh, I guess that's my dot. Yeah, it's the worst. It's impossible. You rip that right out. Just yeah. throw it in the garbage can. Can't stand it. <laughs> I hate it. Anyways, I thought that ride was super cute and super cool. And all of the, I mean, it, nothing felt cheap in that ride. Like each of the effects that you triggered was kind of cool and cute and the animatronics would do something interesting. It wasn't just like, oh, I triggered a video projection or whatever. Like I, I thought it was super well done. I think overall that's the thread that ran through all of the, yes. the Tokyo parks is that yep. everything is high quality. Yep. Everything. Like they don't they don't cheap on anything. We, we all have, I think, uh, accrued a sixth sense of when corners are being cut, right? And... You just don't get that feeling, which is weird. Like, you have to turn off that part of your brain because it's just not, doesn't have to think about anything anymore. So, if, I mean, you said they don't cut any corners and that you seem like it's really high quality. Would you say that even the replica Disneyland attractions felt better? Or do you think they were the same? Uh, in, in it depends. Let's uh, walk through some cases, of them. I mean, uh, we, we start I, with Winnie the Pooh's honey hunt. <laughs> which one is just like screw you? Yeah, every which other is funny because for the first time I was able to ride because I just got back from Orlando and I was able to ride, uh, you know, Pooh's the Pooh ride in at Magic Kingdom only a few days after riding Pooh's honey hunt, <laughs> and I can not, I cannot tell you how Talk how about crazy whiplash. that was. Oh man, because. It's so different because it's ba- same basic storyline. Both those rides, mm-hmm. they have the same show scenes, but the, the, uh, Tokyo <sighs> is easily a thousand percent better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's, I totally agree. Cable, would you say 10,000? Yeah, I might go up to okay. 15,000 percent, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, for anybody who's not familiar with that ride, the whole point really is that they're the sort of free-roaming vehicles. They're not on a track. And and right out of the gate, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about spoilers, so I try to avoid them. But right out of the gate, I mean, you, you come around a corner to view a little video thing, almost a pre-show, but it's groups of three vehicles and they each kind of split off and arrange in like a really nice triangle pattern to view this and just 
already your mind is blown. You're not yeah. on a track. You're not behind somebody. You're next to somebody. It's a really weird but extremely cool feeling. And they just take advantage of those vehicles to the hilt. I mean, it's like you could tell they had fun with this technology and made the most of it. And that's when those guys are at their best, right? When mm-hmm. no one's telling them, whoa, 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 slow down now. You want these things to do what? How much is that going to cost? <laughs> what? Who's Texan? Who's the Texan manager at Disney? <laughs> Hold up there. <laughs> Anyways, it was it's incredible. And I, Alex, I'm really excited that you got to do the A-B test <laughs> because that's yeah. a rare opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and like even to the point, as soon as, you, as soon as you go into the first show scene, right, in Tokyo, well, let's, let's start with Orlando. All the facades are just paint. It's just like the trees are a piece of plywood that's got leaves painted on it. In Tokyo, there's a tree that has individual leaves and they're blustering in the wind. Like that that is how uh, how different the entire ride is mm-hmm. all the way through it. Like mm-hmm. it's that much different all Did the you way. feel like you were in a blustery day? Yes. For sure. Literally, yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> it the was wind incredible. swirls around in there and Kanga and Rue are all that room where around. they're like hanging off the tree and the tree is blowing like it's it's insanely good. It's really, yeah, really good. It's crazy. And that was built, I think, two thousand one, which is roughly the timeline of Disney Sea, right? Yeah. So that was really like their golden zone, <laughs> right? Yeah. For those two yeah, parts. Think, and just think about that for a second. Like that was like thirteen years ago. Oh man! You know, it's like our entire universe was different thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that, that they can't bring that technology to anywhere in the United States in thirteen years? That just blows my mind. That doesn't even make sense. What? It doesn't. Because yeah. they've built new stuff since then. You know right. that that that, that poo ride in Orlando was built in like 2008 or something. It's pretty new. <laughs> it's you so know? bad. <laughs> So I've already been spoiled because I think I, I mean, I already knew about the trackless ride system for Winnie the Pooh. Right. But I mean, how does like Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean hold up in that same respect of like, is it better? Well, Well, in the case of uh, Pirates, Pirates, absolutely. This really surprised me. And I wasn't expecting this at all. And actually, Alex pointed it out when we got around the corner to sort of the classic auction scene. Actually, right before the auction scene, there's the... What is it? Carlos being dunked into the well, like yeah. the classic scene. The dude standing next to the well, like something about him was really uh, unnerving and surprising to me. I'm like, this is this feels really weird. Like, why is this feel so weird? And he had no head. A, a, yeah, he had no head. <laughs> it was just hydraulic oil <laughs> spilling out of his neck. It was very dark. <laughs> no, what was the real reason, Alex? You you figured it out before I did. They're all high quality animatronics, all of them. They're like, like the new model, right? Yeah. Oh. So so imagine imagine Jack Sparrow animatronic and Barbarossa animatronic. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah. Every character, regardless of of their importance in the story, moves that way. And, and see, and here so I thought weird. you were. <laughs> Here I thought you were going to say it was an actor. <laughs> <laughs> a very lonely man. <laughs> yeah, that actually would be great for one of those characters to just be a human. <laughs> and every day they change it, so you never know who is the real person in there or not. That'd be great. It's the redhead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's amazing to see that because it's like it totally takes you out of what you're expecting, you know? Yeah, and it's just a testament to how much money they spend on those parks also you know? i mean louis jokes that it's an actor but it, it, that's actually what it felt like given how smoothly that figure was moving it was it it, it really shocked me yeah. and and that was a total surprise haunted mansion was set to haunted mansion holiday mode and i would say right. it was very similar if not very, identical yeah i think it was very similar 
Although it's been a long time since I've seen a haunted mansion holiday, so I can't I can't say yeah, for I sure. Just, but it I just felt saw that really last similar. month. But yeah, I, I tried to explain this to Gray Alex about the graveyard scene and how the figures there were totally different than what I was yeah, used to, and and much better. They, like they, you could actually see them. Yeah, <laughs> really that, well. They were mesh. The bodies were mesh. Yeah, painted yeah, they were translucent mesh. bodies. Yeah, so you could kind of see through them a little bit. They had to really exaggerate the painting on the mesh to make the contour stand out so that looked a little weird but like if you huh. caught them at the right angle the figures were literally translucent which i also did not expect at all and really surprised me i don't know if i liked it better it was kind of weird i thought they were pretty cool this was a weird uh, thing I've... that i noticed when i was on the haunted mansion in japan it might have been just a hallucination but <laughs> i felt like that graveyard room was smaller I thought like so I, too. I felt I so the well. walls as opposed yep. to yep. I don't feel them as much in like Anaheim and Orlando. I feel like that that mesh effect is actually used in Paris as well. Oh, okay. I remember when I was in Paris, I remember like cuz it's it's a totally weird different totally different story. It's a cowboy story or whatever, but that room in particular seemed to have better ghosts than I remember. Mm. I think they may use sort of the same the same ghost effect, I don't know. Yeah, that seems totally possible. I'd have to look again. Um Tiki Room, Louis was completely different totally different uh, like you mean if it was a different attraction different show it had stitch yeah. to start well i don't know how you feel about that that's that's a thing yeah <laughs> but uh there are parts of it that we liked i think they sort of set the thing way more hawaiian all the birds were hawaiian had hawaiian names they weren't like <laughs> hilarious racial it's, stereotypes yeah, it's, it's a far less offensive show that's for sure <laughs> yeah Unless you're offended by Hawaiians. Which, well, unless you are Hawaiian and you go there yeah. and you're like, no. That or unless you're an alien. Actually kind of offensive if you were Hawaiian, now that I think <laughs> about it. But, um, and, and the music was pretty good. It was kind of cool that it was Hawaiian songs. I don't know personally how I feel about the arrival of Stitch, even though it looks cool. Um, I don't know. It just seemed a, a little corny to me. What do you, did, what did you think, Alex? Do you feel the same I, way? I, I feel the same way. I really enjoyed the Stitch animatronic. It was yeah. really great. It reminded me a lot of the one that's in Florida in Stitch's Great Escape. Yep. Uh, very similar to that. Might be the same one. Um, but uh, And that was fun. But yeah, the, the, the Stitch overlays never work very well because he's a, it's such a hard character to work right. into any story that's not him destroying yeah. everything. Should, would he really be standing <laughs> in the middle of a pedestal no, playing no, ukulele? No, eating the guitar <laughs> yeah, and exactly. killing, killing all those birds. <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. And then, quick question, which I will defer to Greg on this. They, they were doing construction in Tomorrowland for an attraction called Stitch Encounter. Do do you know is that just uh the alien encounter stitch thing oh but... no no it's probably the uh like the um uh what's the turtle <laughs> turtle talk with crush <laughs> oh, turtle talk what's with... the turtle is it... yeah 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 it's oh. exactly the same thing but it's oh, okay. stitch instead of crush you know oh, that's okay. actually that's actually a really fun sounding show and they yeah, have it in hong cool. kong now i know oh, and i think okay. they may okay. have it on a cruise ship as well oh weird that's cool i think i'd like that better than talking to a surfer dude that's stoned all the time <laughs> <laughs> Stitch has an edge to him, you know? <laughs> you never quite know what Stitch is going to do. That's totally true. You know, you always know what Crush is going to do. You know exactly what Crush is going to do. Righteous! <laughs> to everything. Everything. <laughs>